Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. It's time for the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And, man, three games, three wins in 12 days. No big deal. Short week of traveling, down half your defense. Uh, What do you think you're most uh, proud of when you hear that cumulative idea of what you guys had to go through? Or or what does it say about your team? Oh, just really good depth. and Yeah, really proud of the guys who stepped up and stepped in. You know, Kevin Minter has been there and done it. He did a couple of years ago for for Devin when he was hurt, and uh, we trust him. I, I'm really proud of Dee Delaney. He jumped in there, had a bunch of snaps, and played really, really well. And I know that it, it kind of felt like two totally different games happened in, in that one. You had one game that, that seemed to have a score of 28-7, to 7, uh, and then you know you guys had outgained them 320 yards to 99 at one point around the third quarter. And then the other game, the Eagles had uh, more yards of total offense in the fourth quarter than they did in the first three combined. Uh, how do you explain the shift in that, and what was the, the message behind it for you for the team? Well, yeah, I don't even think they would have had that, but we're for two big penalties. You know, we lost our technique. Uh, Jamel's got to get his head around. He had a great interception doing a really good technique. A couple of plays later, Mike just got to keep running with his guy, and uh, uh, or it's even not even that close. So, yeah, I, I think we relaxed a little bit offensively, too. We uh, we had a couple third downs we didn't convert, a couple of penalties that uh, we, we thought we had eliminated until this ball game. They came back to get us a little bit. and uh, But I was really proud of eating up to sit last six minutes and not giving the ball back. When there are those moments that feel like the momentum is, is swinging a little bit, as a head coach, what are some of the things that you try to do in those moments to ensure that it doesn't become kind of that snowball effect? Yeah, just stay calm as you possibly can and, and just talk about what's next. Don't look in the rear view. Look ahead. And uh, we knew we had to make first downs and eat up that clock. And, uh, you know, I would like to get our normal 31 points and kick the field goal, but uh, that didn't happen. And there was, a, of course, the storyline about Brady's thumb going into the game. And, uh, you know, then it was the first time in his career where he started, um, where he, was, he threw more than 40 passes and had 80% completion rate when he's throwing the ball that many times. He starts 11 for 12. I mean, the, the accuracy, the efficiency, especially early on in the game, I think kind of put that storyline to bed a little bit, at least early on. And uh, what did you think led to such incredible accuracy and efficiency on the offensive side for those kind of stats. Yeah, I think most of it was they were going to they were going to play soft, deep, not give us anything down the field, and just let us dink and dunk. And I mean, that, those are just shooting fish in a barrel for time, just <laughs> taking all those easy ones, you know. And uh, guys did a good job of catching and running after the catch. And uh, he was was picked off at, at one point. Uh, he had had a franchise record streak at that point without a pick in more than 227 throws. Uh, so, first of all, take us through that interception and kind of what went wrong, but then what it is said about Brady that he had that streak leading up to that. Yeah, it was one of those situations we were trying to get a chunk and trying to force it. And, uh, you know, he went to A.B. A.B. went way back inside on his route. He should have been going outside. And Tom threw it down the middle, overthrew it, and uh, got him a nice interception. But uh, really, yeah, it was just us getting a little too greedy. 
I was uh, really excited to see for, for O.J. Howard, you know, midway through the third, he'd already had five receptions, which is more than he'd had since the December of 2019. It was more than he'd had in the first five games uh, combined. Ended up getting his first touchdown since that injury. Uh, how, how excited were you for him to be able to have a game like that? And, and just what that's like for any guy when they come off an injury to, to see them return to the, the form that they were pre-injury. Yeah, he's really close to being 100%. And, uh, you know, O.J.'s a hell of a player and just getting his opportunities again. And, uh, you know, Tom trusts him in the passing game. He came up huge. He had a couple big ones last week, and he just continues to grow in the offense. And he threw uh, – a lot of, you know, even some, some stiff arms in there making some tough runs. That Was, was that something that you felt like was a, a newer addition to what he's been able to do as well, of, of a sign of him being back and, and ready to, to go fully? Yeah, he's always been a really good run-after-catch guy when we've hit him with screens or other balls in the flat, you know, and uh, he's got great athletic ability. So, yeah, it, it's, it's not surprising to see it. And, of course, A.B. having another just – ridiculous game you know we always say that it, games are either a mike game a chris game an ab game depending on what the other team does this was definitely the the ab game with nine catches for 93 yards even though he played 30 fewer snaps uh than mike and chris so same thing what what was the efficiency for him in this game that he was able to put up those kind of numbers on on those kind of snaps yeah he got a bunch of one-on-one and uh you know the big play was at the end of the game and he kind of improvised tom's rolled out of the pocket and A.B. ran a hell of a route, got open, made a great catch, and then iced the game for us. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great receiver, and uh, anytime we can get him one-on-one, he's going to get a lot of targets. Were, uh, were those moments kind of the um, catalyst to remember why it's so nice to have had him all season so far, that some of those were maybe it's not even the the route that was exactly how it was supposed to go, but that instinctual, his ability to, to sit down in places and, and get open, even if it was not exactly where he was originally supposed to be, that chemistry he has Yeah, with his Tom. first touchdown was – Totally that. You know, he's supposed to be running a post route. They were in cover two. So let me just go get open. Yeah. You know, and he hooks up down by the goal line, and uh, Tom found him, and uh, he was on him the whole way, so it was easy for Tom to see it. And, uh, yeah, A.B. does a lot of that, and uh, a lot of it's successful. And we, we've talked about the idea of trying to spread the ball around to the trillion weapons that you have and how that's sometimes easier said than done. And like we said, certain games it's this guy, certain games it's this guy, but – Right now, when you look at the first six games, it is incredible how even it actually has been between Mike and Chris and A.B. Um, Mike has 420 yards. A.B. has 418. Chris has 409. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. So, and to have all three of them on pace for more than 1,100, what do you think has led you guys to be able to have it be so evenly split between the three of them? And, and is, was that really the plan, or has that just been what defenses have given you guys? It's really just what the defense gets. That's the beauty of having three. And, and when you have one, you try to force it sometimes. And Tom has the ability to just go back, read the coverage, take his one-on-one, whether it be O.J., Cam, the three wide receivers, or the running backs now who are starting to get more catches. And, uh, and the running backs were huge in this game catching the football for us. So, yeah, it's just take what they give you. And uh, that's the beauty of, of having the, all those guys. And, uh, and as long as and it hasn't and it won't, selfishness creep in. Mm, yeah, that's true. And, and Fournette definitely uh, did it every kind of way in this game. He, um, ha- at one point, had 40 yards rushing and 40 yards receiving. I mean, that's not only a balanced offense overall, but even balanced within your, your running back there. A um, couple touchdowns, breaking tackles, making people miss. He, he really was just putting on a show. And, and third straight game for over 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. So um, what stood out to you about his game on both sides of it, the, on the rushing side, the receiving side? Yeah, he's he's playing at a very very high level as a three down back. 
because he's catching, he's running, he's pass protecting, and just playing all around really good football. And then, you know, when you think back, he was drafted in the top five guys. And, uh, and he's really showing that ability now. There was a reason, yeah. And, and how about, I mean, we know that all happens thanks to the offensive line. I know there was a period where you were afraid you might be without Ryan Jensen. Uh, then he was able to be able to go out there. So how did you see from his performance of after dealing with some injury stuff during the week and the O-line overall? I thought they played really, really well. Again, one one holding penalty that, that we could have avoided and uh, kind of stopped one drive. But overall, offensive line is playing lights out and just keep them healthy. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, we had talked about how it was a short week last week, and not only the Thursday game is always tough, but then you got to go on the road and um, after you'd had some pretty brutal road trips recently as well. So how do you guys think you ended up handling the, the schedule overall, the travel, and, and how ready the guys were for Thursday night? Yeah, I, I think we, we changed our schedule. We went a bit later in the day so we could get more sleep and get more rest. I really liked it. worked out fine. I thought we were prepared physically for the ball game. Um, might have had a couple guys play had we played Sunday mm-hmm. that missed this one. Uh, and that's always the problem with Thursday night football is you might have a guy who played on Sunday that, that's not going to play in this one. But overall, I was very, very pleased. I like where we're at. Uh, hopefully we'll start getting some guys back soon. And then how do you handle now that on the, the pleasant side of a Thursday game, you get a little kind of mini bye weekend, a little extra time. What are the ways that you guys try to use that and how it affects the players and then you guys as coaches as well? It's just strictly rest. And uh, everybody chill out and, and uh, you know, gave the players off till Tuesday. Uh, we'll get back at it really hard. Got the Bears coming in and can't wait to get uh, get started in that game plan. And uh, But the coaches need a little blow, too, and uh, take a couple of days, rest, relax, and get with the families. I know last year there ended up being kind of a storyline about the team struggling in primetime games, which I, I believe I remember you saying you thought was just more of a coincidence of the games that you guys uh, played well versus not. But now this year at least – uh, not a storyline that you guys are, are struggling with. Uh, what do you, do you now think that there was anything to that idea that you guys have handled primetime games better, or do you still think that it is more just a coincidence? Yeah, I think last year was more empty stadiums. Mm. When you have a primetime game and it's eerily quiet, <laughs> it's like, this is weird. <laughs> and uh, we finally, I think, adapted to it as, a, as the season went on and, and got better at it. And I, I think I heard that Virginia Tech is renaming their quarterback room after you. Uh, how, how cool was that for you to know that that's going to f- forever be the, the Bruce Arians quarterback yeah, room? Yeah, it, it's very, 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 very touching. And the uh, you know, first job I ever had coaching was to take a running back and turn him into a quarterback. And uh, Phil Rogers, who's one of our best backs, and we were running the wishbone, I taught him how to play quarterback. So uh, it, it's very gratifying, and my, it was my wife's idea. And, uh, As so, all good ideas yeah, are. <laughs> mostly are. And uh, so it was, it was good. We were up there a couple of weeks ago and had a great time. Uh, so you, you brought up earlier in the show a little bit the penalty yards. Now, we, we've talked about penalties already several times this year. It felt like there were, there were less penalties overall maybe, but they were some pretty dang mm. costly ones. Uh, 120 penalty yards, uh, definitely the most uh, in terms of yardage for the season. Um, and, yeah, you, you, you brought up the Eagles had more yards on those two pass interference calls than they did total offense in the game. So how did you feel about the penalty situation overall and the way that ended up impacting the game when there are those just massive chunk plays with it? Yeah, it's something we have to eliminate. I mean, the ball's down the field. We've got to get our head around as a defensive back. And, you know, Jamel corrected it, came back and made a great, great interception. Mike, same thing. Just keep running with the guy. He thought the play was over and, oh, oh no, nope, he threw it 65 yards. Yeah. And you just got to play till the end of the whistle and use better technique. And uh, we'll be working hard on it. Uh, we still we work hard on it every week. We're going to work harder on it. Uh, Donnie's holding penalty. Just get better technique again. Was all three of the big, big critical ones were all technique. 
And if I had told you uh, that there would be a game where you were without Carlton, Sean Murphy Bunting, Levante, Antoine, and then you'd lose Richard Sherman in the first defensive series, uh, what, what would your thoughts have been about how that would have gone? Yeah, it's same old story. Hey, one man's injury is another man's opportunity. And, uh, you know, I really like our young players on this team. And, uh, and we have some veterans that are sitting in cool, you know, really, really important roles like Kevin Minter, too. And I know it had to be unfortunate to lose uh, Richard Sherman right as he was going to be trying to get a better handle on things that he just had to come in and be forced into such a big role so fast. So um, what were your reactions to just knowing that the timing of that injury and that um, what, it, what it means for the secondary overall, but then also just for the progress you were hoping to be able to make with him? Yeah, it, it sets him back. You know, know how long he's, he's one of those quick healers, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, we have that open date coming pretty soon. So we should hopefully get a bunch of guys back after that. But again, Rashard Robinson has been working really hard. Pierre Desir jumped in, played really well. Dee Delaney jumped in, played really well. So we've got some good young players that, uh, that's just it's their time now. It's their time. And how did you see Devin, uh, step up to the plate knowing that he wasn't going to have his you know, sidekick Levante with him. That How was that going to change? We've talked about Minter stepping in for Levante, but how was that going to change things for Devin and the way he handled it? Really just stay, just play your role. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a hero. Just do your job. And he played one of his best games yet. He did a great job communicating, and uh, we really shut the read option down completely in that game. And uh, if it weren't for those penalties, um, it would have been a great night. And without having uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. out there, most of the injuries that you know had been a – more, more of a corner situation. So to lose him, how did that end up affecting the, the domino effect of who all was available for different positions and then just how your, your safeties were able to play overall without him? Well, with Jordan missed all that time early, and then mm-hmm. getting him back helps, and then we lose Antoine. But no, Jordan's legit big-time player for us, and then Mike's as steady as you get. So uh, knock on wood, we keep them healthy, and uh, Andrew Adams is a, is a really solid veteran, and Ross Cockrell, is a, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all for us. Yeah, I'm expecting to see him in at quarterback at any point. <laughs> you never know where we're going to throw him. Um, and and you, you brought up Jamel Dean, another interception, two, two games in a row. Uh, tell us about a little bit about that play, but then also just why he has been able to make a few of those lately. This, is this a new trend of, of him being, uh, you know, taking a page out of Mike Edwards' book and being that ball hawk when he's in there? Well, yeah, I, I think you go back early in the season, he struggled a little bit, so people are testing him. Mm. And uh, he's starting to put the fire out pretty good, you know. Um, got that P.I., they came back on him, he got the interception. Uh, he had a bunch of pass breakups in the ball game, And uh, he's, when we let him play man-to-man, that's his forte. He's long, he's strong, and, uh, and he does a great job with it. Pierre Desir and, and Dee Delaney, a couple names that a lot of Bucks fans did not know uh, before very recently. So tell everybody a little bit about those two guys and uh, what made you want to have them on this roster and give you the confidence that they would be able to step in and just and, and how you, you plan to use them depending on the injury situations. Yeah, Dee, Dee made a, a great move in, during camp on special teams. And it's one of those things, you make the team on special teams and you keep improving in your position and he's thrown into the fire out in L.A. He did a good job. Okay, he's thrown into the fire this time. He did a good job. So now he's a really solid player, we think, special teams and a DB. Pierre's, Pierre's been around, and like I said, I called Chuck Pagano, and he gave him the highest recommendation you could get, and that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, so and, that, and, and Chuck Pagano's the highest recommendation <laughs> that you could get. Yeah. So it's like Pierre's played a bunch of balls, so we have we're training him as a nickel and a dime. He went in and covered Ertz a few times, took him out of the game. So I thought Todd Bowles had a, a marvelous plan with the players that he had. 
and Vita just doing Vita things, you know, at this point. I, I, but I will never get tired of talking about it. He got another sack, fighting through a double team to make a huge tackle on Sanders at one point. Um, tell us about his game, and, and do you feel like he is continuing to improve, or are we just noticing it more? <laughs> well, he's starting to get on the stat sheet, you know, and we always know what he does double team-wise and eating up or stopping the run. And uh, But he's starting to get after the quarterback and show his presence, and uh, I, I think – it's like a shark, you know. You get a taste of that blood. He's like, "Oh, I got a sack or two. Let's let's keep yeah. going." And uh, if we can, Todd keeps getting him singled in some of his pass rushes. That's a hard man to handle. Yeah, and we know that uh, we, we we know he's clogging up that middle. We got that covered. So the in terms of setting the edge, and Jalen Hurts was going to be a guy that was going to be a, a bigger challenge in terms of that. And we saw both Shaq and Joe Tryonshenko being able to chase him. Just sideline to sideline. I'm sure both of them got their steps in uh, that day and were wishing he'd stayed a little bit more put. But what did you like about their ability to do that and just what it shows about uh, the athleticism we have in, in that outside linebacker room? Yeah, Shaq, Shaq that, the tackle couldn't not block him. And uh, he, had his, he had his hands around him. Like, Shaq should have like eight sacks by now. <laughs> He's getting thrown off a few times. It's like, dude, you got to finish. And, uh, and Joe's learning how to play a spy. Now we've got a bunch of athletic quarterbacks coming up. And with his athleticism and speed, he's a great spy guy. Plus, he's so tall, he can jump up, and and he can chase him down. So it, it's a nice package to have Shag, JPP, and Joe all in the game at the same time. Casey Phillips, head coach, Bruce Arians, uh, going into this Bears game, um, Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton, two two very different guys in, in what they bring. So uh, as you guys have been watching film and, and preparing for this team, what are the things that stand out? about those guys and, and not knowing exactly the injury situation, but looking like maybe Justin Fields is the guy you're going against. Yeah, we're planning for Justin. And, you know, Andy's he's the old pro. You know what he's going to do. He's going to get that ball's going to come out fast. He's going to do all the RPO stuff he's always done. Justin's kind of like what we saw last week, you know, with, with Jalen. He just pulls it down and takes off running, and uh, he can really run. He's probably faster. So we're going to have to do a great job of containing him in the pocket and another big, strong guy. So when we get there, can we get him on the ground? You know, we didn't get Brissett on the ground. We didn't get Hurts on the ground. We got to get him on the ground, and uh, and I think our guys are up to the task. And uh, you know, this is a, this really has some really good weapons with Robinson and Mooney and young Cleo Herbert, the running back out of Virginia Tech. Uh, really, really liked him coming out. And then uh, I know that before this last game, at least the the Bears led the NFL with 18 sacks. You got Khalil Mack out there. You got Robert Quinn out there. They're sixth and tenth in the NFL in sacks before this last game. So uh, tell us about each of those guys and what they kind of bring and how you'll be preparing for trying to make sure you don't add to add to those mm-hmm. stats. Yeah, they're both great pass rushers. But Akeem Hicks in the middle, he's the big guy, kind of like Vita, who pushes that pile to them. And uh, so this is yeah, this is a very very dominant front and uh, offensive line will have their hands full. And I saw you're just decked out in the Crucial Catch gear. We know we got Crucial Catch coming up uh, this next week. Tell everybody a little bit about why that means uh, so much to you. Well, you know, being a two-time cancer survivor, uh, it, uh, it means a world to me. And, and early detection is the key. I was very, very fortunate in both of my diagnoses I caught early and, uh, and didn't have to go through radiation and chemo. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm big. And especially last year with the pandemic, a lot of people didn't get screened. And uh, really pushing this year to get everybody screened and, and catch it early. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. We always appreciate it, and good luck against the Bears. And, of course, enjoy the the Crucial Catch game. You bet. Coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health, we have wide receivers coach Kevin Garver. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. 
Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome to Bucks Total Access, and I am so excited to be joined by wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Coach, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, man, short week, uh, quick turnaround, three games in, what, 12 days? That's always a, a monster whenever you guys have the, the Thursday draw, and then especially when it's on the road. How does that affect you and, and trying to get your guys ready and, and the way you, you work with them to make sure their, their bodies are good, but they're also ready for the game? Yeah, it's a nice little stretch we had there. Uh, for sure, had a, you know some tough games there on the road and travel. Uh, we take all that into account, um, and we you know we try to adjust practice the best way that we can. Uh, so that that second week there, we did a, a more of a walkthrough type setting, uh, and then coming in to this bye week, everything's walkthrough. So we try to take care of the bodies from you know that that perspective, uh, and then the the mental aspect of it is all the same because you have the same amount of time to prepare the way that we, you know, set up the schedule and all that stuff. You usually have three days of preparation. Uh, so, so that part doesn't change. It was more the, the physical part of it, trying to take care of the guys. And, I mean, what, a, what an offensive performance it's always here. We're, I mean, first time in Brady's career. First of all, anytime we say that phrase, it blows my mind that there's anything still left to be done for the first time in his career. But he completed more than 80% of his passes when attempting at least 40. Um, I mean, you guys, he started out 11 for 12. Uh, what do you think led to such incredible accuracy But you know, in the, in the coordination between him and, and your guys out there and um, just why this game was such an efficient one from an offensive passing perspective? Number one, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, I think just the second year in the offense and the continuity of the receivers and bringing everybody back and everyone that's on the field, I mean, he's throwing balls too. Um, he takes care of the football. I think that's number one, what he's trying to do week in and week out, take care of the football, uh, the highest percentage throw. That's the way he thinks, right? Uh, so he's got a great ability to take chances, but then also understand uh, where the ball needs to go, when it needs to go there. Uh, so he's not going to put the ball in harm's way, and that's just how he plays the game. Where do you feel like that – you brought up the chemistry idea between Brady and your wide receivers, and that, that was a huge storyline last year with not really getting an off season. Everybody was new. Um, now it felt like there was the moment it clicked in the middle of the season last year. And then I, I think B.A. even said he hated that you guys had to stop playing in February because it was like, wait, we've, we've got this. We've got this figured out. We don't want to take a break. So then when you guys came back, did you feel like you were able to pick right back up where you left off? Or, or did it take a little bit of that again to get back into the rhythm? Yeah, even though we have a lot of guys coming back, pretty much the whole team coming back, you still kind of have to reestablish who you are and your identity as a, as, a, as a team, as an offense, as a defense, as a special teams unit. You have to do that every year, regardless of people that have left or people that have come back. So there's obviously a point that the season starts, or the season ends and then the season starts. So you, I do feel like we pick things back up, but there's still always an adjustment that you're making. There's still this continue, like you're going to continue to build this uh, continuity between quarterback receiver, quarterback O-line. I think all those things are, are continuous. Uh, but I, But it does help. It does definitely help to uh, to have the crew back again. Uh, I think it helps that, like I said, having being the second year in the offense, understanding the terminology, understanding where Tom wants us to be, uh, and where Tom expects us to be on certain routes for certain coverages. I think all those things help going into the second year. 
And looking at this last game, uh, A.B., heck of a game for him, led the team 93 yards, even though he played 30, more than 30 fewer snaps than both Mike and Chris. Um, take us through his game, including you know his touchdown. The, there's a huge, big first down catch towards the end of the game that really helped seal everything. Just what was working so well for him in this particular game? He's, a, he's an unbelievable player, really uh, loves the game. That, that's one of the things I love uh, being around him, just his, his uh, mindset when he steps on the field. Uh, every play he's open, every single play uh, he's open, regardless of whether of he who's is or isn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you got to love that about him. Uh, and I think that, you know, his first touchdown, they end up playing uh, cover two to his side. Uh, and he ended up finding a void in there. Uh, and really it was just him being a player, him, him uh, being a player, having an understand of the defense and the zones and, and feeling that. Uh, so it was in really the right place at the right time. Uh, adjusted his route. He was supposed to really run a, a go route there on the left side. But the corner and the, the safety were going to take him out of the play. Uh, so he just found that void. Uh, Tom got on the ball, and we, we scored a touchdown. So there's a little bit of that uh, with him, and he, it's something that he's done his whole career um, that you have to adjust a little bit to. And there's kind of a fine line of allowing him to do that, and, and he's got to understand when he can and when he can't do that. So that was the first touchdown. That was just him making a play kind of off script, uh, uh, per se. And, and uh, you know, I think that really he just does – that's what he does. That's 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 his game, finding zones, finding voids, uh, running away from defenders. Uh, even that last ball uh, that he caught on a, a huge first down, right? It's, it's third down, a critical part of the game there. He's got an over route, and there's a lot of defenders over there, and he just resets it, takes it over the top. Tom finds him. Uh, explosive play, third down conversion, uh, obviously set us up there to, to end the game. Uh, but but he's doing a phenomenal job, and you know you look at his, his play count and all that stuff. He is uh, 33 years old. I think that he's still uh, you know one of the top receivers in the league, in my opinion. Uh, but I think just trying to be smart with him, right? I mean, he's not 23; he's 33. So trying to maximize the plays that he is in the game, uh, and and not having any wasted plays. So that's kind of been our our mindset with him, um, and I think that he's taken full advantage of those, regardless of whether it's 20 plays or 40 plays or 50 plays, it doesn't really matter to him. Um, you know, he's just trying to get out there and, and, and get some catches. We're talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. You brought up the way that he, uh, there was what was scripted for that touchdown and then what he did. And I would love to hear as a wide receiver coach um, how all that gets taken into consideration of where, yeah, you're sitting there trying to have the precision. We hear about Brady especially wants this. He wants to know exactly where the guy is going to be and where he breaks, and it's a, the difference in a half a yard. Uh, I'm not sure Brady's quite the quarterback you need to have scramble rules for, but how do you work on coaching the guys and helping in that chemistry of the difference in the precision with the routes versus knowing the times you do need to Im- improvise and, and change a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I think it's overall it's understanding the overall concept of the play, right? And there's certain things that Tom – and, and really us as, as, as the coaching staff, we're going to be sticklers about, you know, certain depths on certain things that we need them to be there on this route uh, versus this coverage. It all kind of plays in together, right? And then there's certain elements uh, of the game where there's going to be a little bit more freedom uh, when it's not going to uh, affect the play or not going to have the same effect on the play. Uh, so, or even situationally, could have, it could come into play uh, situationally there 
uh, before half situations, in the game situations. We need to be exact in those situations because maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's times where we don't have timeouts, and you know you can't you can't go off script and now you're catching the ball in bounds. Now the clock's running out. We don't have any time. You know we don't we don't have time. We got to get out of bounds. We need you to stay on this route. So it's really it's really uh, kind of uh, multifaceted there from um, you know coverage um, and situation. And we talked about the chemistry idea and how nice it was to kind of have everybody back. But I think about A.B. and how um, he didn't even come in at the beginning of last year. I mean, I'm sure you guys are putting in all of your whole game plan and your, your whole offensive playbook. Then he comes in midseason, brings a whole different skill set into the picture. So how nice was it for you as a coach to have your whole group of guys to start off this season and to know what they all bring, to have so much more knowledge of that? And, and how did that maybe affect uh, what you guys were able to put in? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have that. My first time uh, in my time in, in the NFL to have that, to have literally everybody uh, come back from top to bottom, uh, practice squad guys. I mean, I, there's not a really a new face in there uh, besides our rookie uh, uh, Jalen. Every guy I've coached before. So for me, it kind of gives me a leg up to know how to coach the guys, know how to coach uh, AB, know how to coach Mike, Chris, all these guys, Tyler, uh, Scotty, uh, you know, it, it gives me that uh, confidence, and, and I know what they need. I know what they need, and I know what they don't need. Um, from my perspective, coaching them is huge. And then, you know, from a game planning standpoint with uh, uh, with Byron, we know what these guys bring to the table. We know how to get them in the right positions uh, to do what they do best. Do you think that helps explain how – incredibly balanced you guys have been able to be in terms of spreading the ball around. I think at this point, Mike has 420 yards, AB has 418, and Chris has 409. I mean, that's incredible. And they're, they're all on pace for over 1,100, which is already remarkable in and of itself. Um, how have you guys been able to do that where every game it's different? It's not that they're all getting those even splits each game. One game's an AB game, one's mm-hmm. a Mike game. But to have it at this point already six game of the season be that even, how have you guys been able to manage that? And, and, and was that even the goal? Well, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing that, that that's where we're at right now. Uh, obviously, they're great players, phenomenal players. Uh, anytime that you have a talented team uh, with a lot of depth and, and uh, really spread out throughout the, all the offensive positions, uh, you want to be able to spread the ball around. Uh, from my from my room too, especially those wideouts. Uh, that's a great thing, uh, you know, sitting right here, and, and all those guys are are making plays, and you know they they got their stats, and uh, you know able to contribute to help us win ball games. Uh, but I think it's a lot of it has to do with Tom though too. Um, I mean that's kind of how he's always played the game. I think you go back and look at those New England days. Um, that's what he did. He spread the ball around, and and he's going to find the open person. Uh, and we're going to try to design things to get guys the ball. Uh, and, and, you know, that's part of, of what Byron's doing on game day, uh, trying to spread the ball around. And, and we got designed plays. But at the end of the day, they're going to play a defense. They might take one guy away. That means someone else is probably going to be open. So it, it really, to me, falls on Tom. And he does a phenomenal job of, of doing that. We saw it. He did it last year. Um, and, and obviously continuing that this year also. We have more coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. 
What an answer by Brady in the box. With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Bucks Total Access. We are joined by wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Um, we were talking about the idea of spreading the ball around before the break, and uh, that is always kind of the joke, of course, is wide receivers. They all want 100% of the catches. They all want actually probably 110% of the catches. Um, so how do you manage those expectations in a room with so many stars, so many capable guys, um, and especially the idea that, I mean, A.B. is only, what, a year a year apart in age from you, mm-hmm. you know, that you're, you're not that far apart in age from all these guys, but for you to be the one helping to manage those expectations, how's that worked? I think it started last year with uh, Mike and, and Chris. Uh, and, and number one, just the people that they are, uh, the way that they uh, care about uh, their teammates, uh, the people that they are off the field, uh, I think has a lot to do with it. Uh, so when the, the idea kind of came about uh, bringing on A.B., Obviously, there was a conversation with, with uh, Mike and Chris about about that, and they were on board 100. Uh, percent So I think it starts with them, because those were you know our, our number one and number two guys in, in the room. Uh, so I think that when AB came in the room and he felt the love and he felt the the brotherhood that we have in that room, uh, there was no issues, no issues at all. Uh, I think that um, at the end of the day. Every guy in that room is about winning, and that's that's what they want to do. Uh, so regardless of if it's A.B. Or, or if it's Mike or if it's Chris or Tyler or whoever the, the next guy is that's got to step up and make plays, it's about winning for us. Uh, and that's and that's really um, what I'm selling to those guys every day. That's what we're selling to those guys every day. Uh, and I think that uh, obviously with the success that we've been able to have, it's worked out well. I mean, uh, kind of as you alluded to earlier, there's, there's been games that it's been a Mike game. There's been games that it's been an A-B game or a Gronk game or uh, a Lenny game, right? Uh, and, and all these guys care about is winning. So I think that that's, that's the key to me. Uh, I think it's something that I try to talk to them about every day. To me, it's a mindset thing. Uh, and really going into to, uh, training camp, one of the things that I was really kind of selling to them, preaching to them about was, you know, that we got to recreate our, our identity, as I was talking about earlier. Yes, a lot of guys are coming back, but this is going to be a new team. There's going to be, uh, you know, new challenges. And But the one thing that we're going to have in this room is what we had last year and that we were going to be for each other. Uh, and and that, that was a beautiful thing to see uh, last year. And, and I've, seen, I've seen it continue. Uh, so I love seeing that with my guys. Uh, when they're happy for each other, they're cheering for each other, they're encouraging each other, trying to bring each other up. Um, so I, I love seeing that. Just beating down wide receiver stereotypes one day yeah. at a time, you yeah, know? trying to. <laughs> trying to. Uh, and so I know we, we've talked a little bit about Mike, but it, it seems like now this is his, you know, he's been here for so long, we all kind of know what Mike is and maybe even sometimes take it for granted how incredible he is and what he does. And then not only that, but it felt like everybody sang even higher praises this year, him coming into training camp saying that physically he came in different, he was so in shape, and uh, that just it felt like, man, this this could actually be Mike's best year. Uh, was that a feeling that you felt? And, and if so, what were the things that made this year seem like, man, this this could even be a different Mike Evans than's already on pace for a Hall of Fame career? Uh, he came into camp probably in the best shape that, I, that I've seen him since I've been here. Um, really, really got after it in the off season. Um, I think really, you know, kind of changed his diet and, and 
his approach uh, in ways more so in the off season. Maybe I don't I don't know exactly uh, you know the the ins and outs to it, but I do think that there were uh, some changes uh, that he made, and I think that it had a, a, a huge effect on him in training camp. I mean, one of the things that just stands out to me off the top of my head is he. He made. He went through every practice. He made it through every practice. He had opportunities, uh, you know, to maybe take some days off, uh, and he didn't want to do that. Uh, so I think that that that's huge for him, and, and especially at this point in his career. Um, and in the nature of this position, there's a lot of wear and tear. We run these guys a lot, um, and a lot of guys kind of at his point in his career, uh, you know, will have some vet days. Uh, but he didn't want those. He didn't want those. Uh, so. I think that was, that was huge for him. Um, he was making a lot of plays. I think he wanted to, you know, continue to build that that uh, with Tom, uh, and you know, continue to work on you know their their connection um, and and their abilities to make plays together. I think that probably had a big part of it. Uh, but you know, I'm excited. I mean, Mike's uh, you know doing a lot of great things right now. Uh, we're still early on in the season. We're not even halfway through it. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing you know what what the rest of the season looks like for him. We were talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver, and like I said, I do think sometimes we forget um, what makes Mike Mike. What, it, what we've just we've watched him so long now, we just are like, oh yeah, there's Mike doing more crazy wide receiver things that we just take for granted. So, what are the things people don't always appreciate or even understand about how good he is? What's what separates him? What sets him apart? Yeah, for his size, uh, size and length. I think his ability to move, his ability to run, his ability to get in and out of cuts. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of guys with his uh, dimensions uh, that have been able to do that. Uh, and I think when you really watch his game, you watch him as a, as his ability to release and, and get around defenders, uh, get skinny, um, and get out of breaks. It, the taller, longer guys, usually they're going to be a lot stiffer. Um, you know, usually they're going to rely more on their strength, which Mike, that is a part of Mike's game. Uh, but he can really do both. And, and I think really when you dive in and you watch him, uh, I think you really see that on film. And then the other thing is I think his speed is surprising at times. Uh, and I think it's more of his long speed. It's not, it's not going to be this uh, A.B. or Scotty off the line of scrimmage, but his ability to maintain his speed down the field uh, I think that's something that, that that stands out on film to me. And then similar question about Godwin. I think that for him it may even be less about his uh, routes and catching ability that go underappreciated, but everything else he does in terms of blocking and his other contributions to the offense. So explain to everybody again the parts of Chris Godwin that are underappreciated and his his impact on this offense, even if it's not a Chris game in terms of how many yards or, or touchdowns he gets. When, when you watch Chris Godwin, um, he is an ideal wide receiver, right? Uh, as, you build him in the lab, that's what you're building? Exactly, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of great receivers, and I love all of our guys, uh, and, and every one of these guys do phenomenal things. I mean, the way I look at it, we have three number one wideouts. Uh, but when you look at Chris and uh, when, when you watch what he does in the game, uh, from run blocking uh, to routes um, to <clears throat> screens, he does it all to me. I mean, he does it all to me. Um, you know, he might not be the most fast. He might not be the fastest guy on the field, uh, right? Uh, he might not be the biggest guy on the field, but he's doing everything at a, at a high level. 
Uh, and one of the things that maybe doesn't, one of the things that probably goes unnoticed with him uh, is his run game uh, ability, his uh, his run blocking, and and really uh, he really cleans up a lot of things. And I, and I think you can't see it on tape for sure. I mean, there's times uh, we've asked this guy to block defensive ends and linebackers, safeties, corners. There's been games too. I remember a game uh, last year. I think it was the the playoff game. He ended up blocking a defensive tackle. So uh, not a lot of receivers are, are going to do that. Uh, so I think that's definitely a part of his game that, that goes uh, unnoticed, especially from a fan's perspective. You're not going to see those things just watching it on TV. You're going to see him make the big plays and the unbelievable catches and, and all that. Uh, but, but this guy, to me, does it all. And I saw going into this last game, I think he was, among all wide receivers, ninth in the league in yards after catch. Uh, what makes him good in that area as well? And, and is that something that um, you guys work on with all of your guys separate from everything else, the, the specific yards after catch emphasis? Because I believe I've heard Mike say in the past that was something he's really wanted to work on and grow in his game. Yeah, we work on it. Uh, we definitely work on it. I think, though, it's something that uh, some guys are better at than others. Uh, there's different drills and things that we can do to try to create it. Uh, one of the things that we kind of do in, in uh, routes first air, which is something that we do in practice, where uh, obviously it's a timing thing with the quarterbacks. We're running certain routes. They're catching the ball is one of the things we kind of emphasize, and that is this five-yard burst. Uh, so it's kind of creating that catch and, and run uh, mentality. But I think Chris has a good feel. Uh, in zones, he has a really good feel. So he, he can catch the ball and get north right now. Uh, so that's one thing that he does well. And then when it's man-to-man situations, I think because of his size uh, and ability to create some separation, now he can catch the ball and run away from those you know, defenders or, or even break tackles in those situations. So he kind of has the full circle of ability to do it. He kind of has all, uh, all of those attributes that you want uh, or you look for in that. Some guys, smaller guys, they're going to rely more on their speed to do that, right? So it's going to be more of a breakaway, running away from a defender. But if a defender's close to them, they're going to be catch-tackle, where that's kind of the, where the size element can play, uh, can come into play for Chris. And how about the red zone? This is an area that the team overall has been incredibly efficient at this year. I think there, maybe it was the Patriots game where it wasn't quite as much as you guys had, had done in some other games or hoped for, but um, it just feels like this offense is built for the red zone, that there are just so many weapons uh, that are so perfect for that. Like you mentioned with Chris, if you could build a red zone offense in the lab, this this is kind of what it would look like. Tell me which of your guys you feel like are just the most incredible red zone weapon in particular and why. Um, we got too many. We got too <laughs> many to choose from. And I, and I think, you know, obviously we're talking White House today, but, I mean, you got to throw the, the tight ends in there and you got to throw the running backs in there too because – uh, those guys have done a phenomenal job down there also, and I think that they've done a good job of getting in the end zone. Uh, and, and really it comes back to being a team thing, and it comes back to, to Tom finding the open guy. Uh, and coverage really is going to dictate a lot of it. It's going to dictate a lot of it and where that ball is going to go. Uh, but I think across the board offensively in the skill position, and, and really you got to throw the whole line in there too because – We've been a, Byron's done a good job of mixing in the runs, and and we've been able to you know get get some of those runs in there also. Uh, so I think it's collectively the whole game's collectively. But when you when you look at that red zone, we've been able to get in the in, in the box a lot of different ways. Uh, so 
It's hard for me to pick one. Yeah, which is a great problem as a coach to, to have. One, what a yeah. dream scenario. All right, well, we have one more segment coming up here with wide receiver coach Kevin Garver on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Uh, you know, we've talked about your your, your big three uh, that, that you have, but of course we want to get to the other guys that make up your room as well. Uh, Scotty Miller, so unfortunate when you get when you get hurt, have to miss some time. What did you see from him before that? I know, he, again, in the there are so many weapons, not everybody just gets enough time on the field that you'd like to give them. Um, so he hadn't had a ton of snaps, ton of time, but what did you see from him up to the injury and, and your hopes for him when he's able to return? Uh, I think just his confidence. Uh, not that it was lacking, uh, but, you know, when you come in and, and you're playing with Tom, I kind of alluded to, you know, throughout this conversation today, uh, but having to build that with a new quarterback, and I think, you know, with you, when you look at the games from last year and, and some of the plays that he was able to make, those are huge plays. Those are big-time plays. Uh, so really your confidence it, uh, throughout the season is, is really out the roof uh, when you're able to get those things done. And the quarterback has the, the confidence that he, can get, that he can go to you and that you're going to come down with the ball and make the plays. Uh, so I think that was huge for him last year, coming into to, uh, training camp uh, and just playing with extreme confidence. Uh, one of the little things that uh, are, are two little things that really was our, our main concentration uh, going into training camp was number one, just being more consistent with releases. Uh, and I thought that he, he did a lot better job with that. And then the second one uh, was making contested catches. And I thought that he was able to, you know, do that on a more consistent level in training camp. Uh, so that was kind of our focus in training camp, moving into the season. Uh, and, you know, it is unfortunate that, you know, he did, he, he is dealing with the injury that he's dealing with. Uh, but luckily it's not a, you know, career ending or, or season ending thing. So, uh, looking forward to him getting back in, in the mix and, and seeing what he can do for us. And how about Tyler Johnson? Uh, he's a guy that it feels like we you know we don't get to see him a lot, hear his name a lot, but when we do, it, it's a big, important play. It's like we you, you save him for these important third down catches or he makes this very impressive, almost kind of one-handed. It's, it's like when he does, it's, it's a splash moment for him. Uh, so what have you thought has given you the, uh, the confidence to have him in in some of those important situations and what do you feel like are the things same thing Scotty that you're you're working on that would make you want to have him out there a little bit more often I think Tyler's a very smart guy very sharp guy uh, knows the offense knows all the positions I think that's the number one thing that gives me the confidence with him as far as being able to throw him in the game Uh, because there's injuries there's guys that are in there's guys that are out one week back the next Uh, so he's a guy that that really has to know it all uh, especially you look at him in that fourth and fifth position, at, at, you know, in our wide receiver group. Uh, really, that guy has to know it all, uh, but he does. He studies it. Um, I, you know, try to put him in those situations at practice as best as I can. But there's sometimes he can't get every rep of every position. It's not possible. Uh, but the way that he prepares for it, and then when he gets in the game and gets his opportunity, I think he makes the most of 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 those chances. Uh, you know, I think that he's a really good player, too. I think that, you know, as a second-year player, I think the sky's the limit for him. There's times uh, I do feel bad for him uh, because, again, you can only have so many guys on the field when you got a, you know, a deep uh, room and all that stuff. Uh, and, and, and having the three guys that we have, uh, you know, it, it's hard to get them on the field at times. But 
I'm uh, I'm excited for him. I really am. I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, he's just got to remain patient uh, and, and keep the same approach throughout the season. Uh, and when his time does come, I think that we even saw it last year, right? I mean, there was times he had to step in. Uh, in fact, playing Chicago last year was one of those games uh, that he had to come in and, and play and, and made some big plays for us. Uh, so he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. Uh, but I have extreme confidence in his game uh, and his ability to play and make plays. We're talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver and uh, Jalen Darden, similar guy. I know patience is probably going to be the operative word there for him, and we know a, a huge part of him being brought in was his potential at the return job. But uh, as a wide receiver, what do you see as a way that he could eventually contribute or the things that, that he'll need to improve on to be more than a special teams guy? Jalen is uh, making progress, uh, making progress every day. I think his biggest thing is just uh, being consistent. I think he knows what to do. Uh, it's just making that transition of actually doing it, uh, which is which most is, of us in life. Actually. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. And and it's hard. It's challenging. Uh, we ask these guys to do a lot of things. We ask these guys to know a lot of things. Uh, but I do see it. He's hungry. He wants it. Uh, he's trying to learn uh, what it means to be uh, professional. I think that it, that that's important to him. Football is uh, important to him. Uh, you know, so I think that uh, really just being consistent uh, and, and um, you know, getting the job done is, is kind of what he's focusing on. Uh, but the other part of it, you know, the other reason he's not on the field is because we, we're so deep, right? I mean, we're so deep. We just, you know, talked uh, for however long we've been talking for about Mike and Chris and A.B. and Scotty and Tyler. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys in, in front of him. Uh, so really he's in a situation where, he doesn't have to play at this moment. Uh, so really, my approach with him is every week, every day, it's got to be like you're playing, mm. right? So you're preparing as if you're the starting uh, starting X or starting Z for our offense. Uh, so I think that those little things uh, have helped him. I think that, again, he's learning to be a pro, learning what it takes to, to make plays in our offense. But I think that he's an extremely talented guy. Extremely talented guy. Uh, I think that he can make a lot of plays for us. I think he's explosive. I think he's another one of those guys like an A.B. or a Chris that has a great feel for the game. Uh, once he's once the ball snapped and kind of feeling those zones and getting open, I think he's got a feel for those things for sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, another guy really that I'm looking forward to as he progresses. I do think it is one of those things for sure, just to continue to be patient with him uh, and, and continue to help him uh, become the best player they can be. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome, and uh, good luck against the Bears next week. Yeah, appreciate it. That's going to do it for us here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians has been brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. This is Tampa Bay's Sports Radio, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best box coverage.